Hello, welcome once again to The Undoing, a therapy session podcast, a weekly podcast on the television show The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant on HBO Sunday nights. We are here to do each episode weekly and review each episode. Uh, so this is kind of a after show. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Doing well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you, sir? Just fine. Excellent. Uh, today is November 23rd, 2020, which is a Monday evening. Uh, the show uh, aired uh, episode 5 last night, which was November 22nd. Um, the show is also uh, an adaption of a book called You Should Have Known, written by Gene Krolitz. Uh David E. Kelly is the writer and producer of the show and the showrunner. And uh, the director is Susan Baer, um, the Danish director, uh, who's well-known over there and has done stuff over here. Uh, the, the show is getting uh, excellent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes with a 75% uh, reviews out of 81. And with its high profile on HBO and David Kelly and Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant all involved, it has been reviewed by all the major publications. Uh, last night's episode was called Trial by Fury. Uh, there is no um, release of viewership yet. Uh, at least I don't see it. Uh, but again, we are recording this Monday. We usually record this on Wednesdays. Uh, because of the holiday, we're doing it early. Um, so, for folks who are new to the podcast and are curious where to find us, uh, you can find us uh, on uh, www.darkdiscussions.com, the website. Uh, it's an all-genre uh, news site uh, that includes podcasts, uh, articles, columns, uh, news, press releases, and video. It is uh, also the network for a number of podcasts, including this one. And you can find the feed for this podcast entitled The Undoing, a Therapy Session Podcast, wherever podcasts are found. So Apple Podcasts and such. You also can find this uh, podcast on the Dark Discussions Network of Podcast feed, which uh, is a feed that includes all the podcasts on Dark Discussions Network, which is uh, anywhere between 25 to 35, depending on the time of year, because uh, folks are joining us or they're uh, ending their podcast because they're similar to this, where they're only uh, doing a season of a show. Uh, we also uh, can be found on the Dark Discussions podcast feed as well. So three different feeds. Uh, the first feed that I mentioned is just for this show. So you'd only find the, the six episodes that we're going to record uh, for the show. The second one, as I stated, was all the podcasts on the network. And then the third one, the Dark Discussions podcast feed, is only the podcast that any of your co-hosts you hear on this podcast participate in. And that feed has three to five different podcasts where uh, the co-hosts are a few other folks as well as the three of us. Um, now, uh, I 
I think that's pretty much all the information. Oh, uh, we do have an email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or just go to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact uh, link. And we have a Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, and then we have a Twitter, Dark Discussion 1. Uh, and that's pretty much all there is there. So I guess we can uh, get into some of the information of tonight's episode. Uh, again, Trial by Fury is what it's called. Um, it is uh, the fifth or penultimate episode of the the series, we're assuming, because we believe this is just a mini-series. Um, and that's really the only information um, I got. So I guess we can go around and discuss uh, what we felt about it. But before we do, one last thing I wanted to mention for people who listen to this. Uh, we are not just a review podcast. We are critiquing episodes, so giving spoilers, giving our thoughts, giving our um, guesses of what is going to happen. So uh, you, I assume anyone who's listening to this podcast has probably already watched the, the it's a series up to now anyway so uh we're not too worried about spoilers because obviously you're here to hear our guesses as well as other people's perspectives um all right so uh let's go with you kevin uh what did you think of uh, last night's episode i thought it was good <clears throat> i mean they're all good this one uh yeah i had some uh unexpected turns or at least one unexpected turn and you know we see the the start of the really the start of the trial itself and uh we see how good of a lawyer that jonathan really has all right very good yeah so that's a good point uh we switch now from a police procedural to a throw of mystery to now a courtroom drama as well um barrett um now I'm gonna say this, <laughs> but take it as it's still better than all other shows. This episode was not my favorite episode. Um, not because of the acting; the acting was just as good as usual. It just felt a little—I um, don't know—it felt a little predictable to me as far as what kind of twists they were gonna pull, and so I was a little disappointed in that. I feel like they're trying to make every single person a suspect. And so they're pulling out every stop for that. And I'm kind of not liking that part of it, but I mean, I still think this episode was amazing. Just not quite as amazing as the first four. Um, and for the reasons I just said, so that's, that's me. I'm critiquing it harshly. Cause I, I just felt like it wasn't, you know, quite there. All right. Very well. Um, yeah, for me, um, I, I think I'm probably more in line with Kevin. Um, yeah, this was a pretty strong episode. Uh, so far, uh, episode two is my favorite, and then maybe episode one. Um, but all, all five are, are pretty pretty damn good. Uh, this one uh, had some uh, more interesting things that we're going to discuss about the plot. Um, points, fingers at different characters, and I think there's still a couple of handful of mysteries that will be dropped on us on episode six that were set up in prior episodes. Uh, and we'll discuss those when, when we uh, start talking about the episode itself. Um, I do agree with Barrett that they are most certainly uh, making everybody a potential suspect. Um, 
And again, that's only maybe what five or six characters at most, unless there's a do X machina, but we're assuming there won't be. Uh, so to keep the guessing game going, they're definitely, um, I don't know if they, they're red herrings, but they're definitely adding things that would make you wonder more. Um, and I'm sure, sure that Barrett will explain further uh, some of his points that he, he just mentioned during his uh, failings of this episode. Um, so yeah, all right, that's good. Um, so I guess uh, we can start talking about specifics. Um, where do we want to start? Um, let's let me let me bring up something. Um, the, I'm still thinking that Barrett, you're right. Where they're, they're trying to uh, make us think it could be a different folk and. Um, for example, Sylvia, Grace's friend in the show, uh, appears a couple of times, uh, especially one time in the courtroom where she nods to the uh, prosecuting attorney because she said she kind of knows her from college or something of that nature. And again, the prosecuting attorney uh, kind of gives her the cold shoulder. She seemed uh, put off, actually. Like, she yeah. seemed surprised that she was waving at her there. Yeah. And and to be honest, that scene, again, I don't feel it was really necessary to the plot unless they're, they're trying to make us think Sylvia is guilty or she is guilty and they're just adding her into the story uh, to make us remember that her character is important to maybe the final result of what's going to happen. Or could she be feeding information to the prosecutor that she's getting from Grace? I wonder that because she seems to be asking Grace a lot of pointed questions like, what do you think? And, you know, then she gets the info about, you know, Jonathan. And you don't know where that's going to go because she seems surprised, but it also, you're like, why is she asking that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that Nicole Kidman would would tell her. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, was I know, very surprised with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, put it this way: we we only know these characters from the time of the right before the murder to right now, so we don't know how close Sylvia and Grace are. Maybe maybe they talk every day on the phone. Maybe they have have coffee all, every every other day. Um, but when but, she tells tells her his history, doesn't that feel like purposeful? Like she is doing it for a reason, like Grace is doing it for a reason. Like she knows something about Sylvia and that information is going to get to the prosecutor somehow. It just feels that way to me. I don't know why. But the way it's expressed in that scene, the way she's talking to her about it just seems that way to me. Right. Well, one of, one of the things that I brought up earlier, right, right a moment ago was that they have some things that are set up for future episodes, and since there's only one episode left, those things would have to be uh, tied up next week. Yeah. Uh, one of them is when, and we discussed this a little bit last week, where Jonathan's lawyer asks him, "Who's have you had affairs with?" And he volunteers one person, but they cut away, and, and you know we don't hear 
who it is. And um, we we came to the conclusion that maybe he's talking about Sylvia. So maybe Sylvia and he did have an affair, and we're going to find that out next week. What do you think, Kevin? That's definitely definitely possible. I uh, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I mean, we kind of we all kind of well not kind of we all suspect that there was a there was an affair between those two, just because it was constantly hidden and constantly hidden and or um, like suggested. I think is a better way to say it. not hidden, but suggested because like when we first did the, uh, the, the bail, um, scene, you know, where he, where she goes in, you know, and they meet eyes and it's not just a, Oh, Hey, you know, here's a friend of my wife's coming to support. It's just like, they look with this kind of, kind of recognition. And then, you know, when he talks about, you know, when the lawyer asks him, you know, did you ever have an affair with anybody else? And he says, well, yeah, I have. And um, and the funny part is, is that they, they cut out when he's about to say who it is. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And that comes down to partly what you, you were saying, Barrett, which is um, since they're making us be someone looking from the outside rather than a fly on the wall um they're doing that and it's specifically to make us wonder and keep i guess the um mystery of who the murderer is um and and you're saying that 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 kind of bothers you a little bit if not that specifically but but them trying to make everybody look as if they are suspicious well, part of that is because we're at the penultimate episode. I feel like I, I, we're already suspicious of a certain someone, and now there's a major thing in there that makes us even more suspicious. This whole episode, it seems like every episode was kind of around a different suspect almost. Um, I just think it's gone a little too far as far as where it went this episode, I guess. What was the specific... What was the specifics? That well, finding finding the murder weapon in the violin case. <laughs> Assuming it is the murder weapon. Right. It looked pretty clean, but yeah. So, and then my other problem is that so far it seems like every time we get like this this um, cliffhanger, the next episode resolves it in a way that it's nothing like what we thought. Well, it's like yeah, we. Yeah, so now we, I don't trust it. Well, yeah, like you have, uh, what was it? The, well, from last episode, we had the, oh yeah, you know, you, we found you on camera. Oh yeah, we had you on camera on the mur- at the time of the murder. Oh yeah, but you, you know, you didn't do it. It's like, wait, yeah, what? exactly. And I know this whole court case was about showing, shoving doubt on that because of the way the police did their investigation, but um, it just it. It's feeling a little too mechanical to me. How does that sound? I, I guess those those cliffhangers have been cleaned up a little too easily. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, similar to the you know Doctor Who's, for example, a lot of Doctor Who uh, episodes are like that, where they have this big cliffhanger, and then the next week, it's it's not as big as you expect. Um, 
And yeah, maybe maybe the show has been doing that too. Now uh, again, I want to reiterate: this show is still way above most other shows. It's just you know, if I'm going to have a criticism, that's what my criticism right now is, and it's very light. <laughs> it's not. I don't feel like real real strongly about this. I wouldn't fight to the death about it. Sure. All right. Now, now yeah, let's might as well uh, just start right at the end and then we'll work backwards and, and discuss various other scenes. But, um, so basically similar to what my mother used to do when I'm sleeping, she used to come in my room and start cleaning up and stuff. It annoyed me as hell and couldn't stand her going through my personal things, but that's what mothers do. And, um, Nicole Kidman's doing that and she is planning to put her son's violin into his violin case. And when she opens up the violin case, she finds a uh, sculptor hammer in there, which we can assume is probably this type of hammer that was used to, to kill um, the victim. So what we have here is is the son now possibly the murderer, as, as you actually kind of – guessed or at least suggested as a possibility very early kevin yeah. uh when, when we on episode two i think you even felt or episode three you even felt that it was possible um but before we, we talk about the sun specifically a couple of things um i actually texted kevin earlier today uh stating that it was confusing that the murder weapon if it is the murder weapon or, but either way this hammer was in the violin case, because as we know, the police department had already done a search warrant Mm -hmm. and if it was there earlier, they would have found it. Now I also thought maybe, okay, maybe the violin case was never at the house and it was always at school, like in the locker or in the band room or whatever. But I was talking to my wife because I rewatched this right before this episode with my wife because uh, she was too tired to watch it last night. Um, she said, well, isn't this his grandfather's house and not his house? So if he held had his violin over at the grandfather's house, the police would never find it anyway. That's and what I was going to say. They had already gone over to the grandfather's before the search. Yeah. And he seemed to really clutch onto his violin. He had it with him almost all the time, it seemed like. Right. And they did show a few scenes earlier um, in the season him playing the violin with one scene where the grandfather comes in and talks to him specifically about the violin, uh, which would foreshadow us to know that he had a violin, he played the violin. And so when the mother puts away the, the violin and finds the hammer, it wouldn't surprise us by saying, Hey, why the heck would he have a violin? Um, now, Kevin, you mentioned something interesting uh, to me over text, which is if it is the murder weapon, why would he even have it now? Why didn't he throw it into the the pond in Central Park or one of the rivers that surround Manhattan Island? And I felt that's a, actually a fair point as well. Um, because yeah, he's smart. <laughs> he's yeah, not so, stupid. <laughs> so why would he he have it? Well, why would he? Keep it? I mean, yeah. yeah. Would he? Why would he keep it? Since, Souvenir. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I, you're you're asking for you're asking for trouble. 
Well, and it doesn't make sense as the way they're showing the showing the kid because it seems like if he did do this, he did it to get his parents to stay together, and well, she was he, an impediment, and he was taking care of the impediment. It didn't seem like a serial killer move to do that, which is then you would find you know somebody keeping trophies and stuff. Right. I mean, one. I mean, two couple of things that was coming to my mind, and the thing is, more and more, I'm suspecting the son. Not because we found the hammer in his case. Well, partially because they found the hammer in the case. But one, I mean, for example, if it was Jonathan, he would have he would have gotten rid of it. I mean, yep. for crying out loud, he was at the beach house. You know, he was at the beach house and he, you know, there's a big body of water. All he had to do is throw it into the ocean. Now, granted, yep. they could have seen it and gotten it, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, Jonathan would have thrown it away. If it was Grace, she would have done the exact same thing. She would have gotten it, and she would have thrown it away. Now, if it was the son, maybe the son just, I mean, yes, he goes to a very, well, you know, probably a very high-end school, but let's face it. But he's, he's, he's a kid. He's, he's still a, a kid. kid, yeah. He's still a kid, so he may not... He he may not really think about it too much, but there's a couple other things. Is one the look on his face when she discovers it, when Nicole uh, would Grace discovers it, he kind of has this look of fear on his face. Two, or maybe even shock. It looked uh, like shock, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> two, um, when he was at dinner, or sorry, not lunch, lunch with his parent. When when the three of them were at lunch, he was pushing them to be to stay together. I felt like that whole scene was them pointing the finger, the the showrunners pointing the finger at the son because of the way he acted. He was really acting like, hey, she's gone now. You guys are going to be together, right? Come on, you're going to stay together. And yeah, he was pushing that hard. Yeah, I mean, he was he was really pushing that hard. But also remember when he bumped into the son of Elena. You know, he said, you know, I mean, his story was, well, you know, I bumped into him. I said, I'm sorry, you know, and he even shook, offered his hand. But in the end, but then the thing is, though, is that the son just said, hey, look, you know, I bumped into him. I said, I'm sorry, you know, and that was it. But it was more than I mean, if you accidentally bump into somebody, you don't say I'm sorry and then shake your, you know, offer your hand to say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I bumped into you. It's more of a he w- sounds like he was apologizing for more than just um, bumping. I mean, well, it's obvious he was bump apologizing for more than just bumping into him. So I don't know, just just things that look like the son is the son is doing the son is up to the son has done something. Well, and I want to say that's the other problem I have, Phil, is that I really don't want it to be the son. It just seems really cliche now for it to be the son. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I've seen um, stories that I've seen where the, the kid did it. Yeah, because it, it eliminates the the issue, which happened to be the woman that her his father was cheating on. Um, though I have seen where the um, I guess the spurned wife has done it too. I mean, we saw that in yeah. um, Scott Terrell's famous 
novel and movie that they made. It, I forget what the movie with Harrison Ford was in. It presumed innocence, I think. Um, yeah, and it was a hammer. Yeah, it was a hammer yeah, too. It was. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, so I mean, then then again, we're in the grandfather's house, so it could be the grandfather. But the grandfather's yep. not that stupid. He wouldn't put it in his his grandson's. Um, you know, violin, and he's not a, a sociopath, to my knowledge. He he, he may be a ruthless uh, businessman, like you have to be if you want to be successful. But um, he doesn't show anything but but true love. Now, Sylvia might have. Sylvia, but how would she, she was at their house, and she yeah. might have had opportunity then. That's true, and she always goes to the school to pick yeah. up her own child. Um, also, another rumor is, uh, and I read this online, uh, one person thought, um, and this is like a, a reviewer or something, thought that maybe Jonathan put it there so to frame his son. And that sounds bizarre for anybody who's listening to this blind. Why would a father do that? But we learned something, at least from an eccentric older woman, that says that her son was a sociopath basically. And basically we're, we're told that Jonathan may actually be a sociopath from a prior incident that happened, um, years ago when he was a 14 year old boy. Um, and if that's the case, then it, w- it, it wouldn't surprise me that he would try to frame his own son, assuming he, um, yeah, that was on my list of possibilities too. I had thought about that. I'm just, that's really, I don't know. It's not far fetched, but I, it, it could, it could possibly be. I'm just not sure right. about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, whole, that whole thing was interesting because first this was his mother. Um, you know, that Phil was talking about earlier, the, the eccentric old woman, you know, cause that was his mother. And the first thing, you know, first thing she said, the first thing the mother does is correct her English. Yeah, oh yeah, man, a, that grandma, me. a grandma <laughs> Nazi. Yeah. I was like, she's um, annoying. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, okay. And I, I the thing is I wonder why they did that in the first place. I mean I mean I, I just I don't know if there was a if there was a reason that uh you know to try to well, show what what Jonathan's background was you know what Jonathan's home life was like and all that but then yeah, overbearing mothers can help create serial serial killers. Is kind of like the intimation yeah. I think they're making there. It also can 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 remove credibility of the woman too, because okay, yep. she's a a, a a meanie kook, and then she claims her son Jonathan. Basically, what happens is, I mean, again, most people have already watched the show, so it's not like we're, we're we have to really explain anything. But Grace calls Jonathan's mother to try to get information and the, about um, basically uh, Jonathan tells the story that there was no dog that ever died when he was a kid and that he regrets. It was actually his four-year-old sister. He was 14 years old boy and this was his four-year-old sister and supposedly he was making a sandwich in the kitchen and his four-year-old sister uh, opened the front door, went outside and got run over by a car and um whatnot now first of all i question a 14 year old watching a four-year-old i don't know if that's that was a smart move by the parents in the first place um second i don't know uh, i I don't know yeah 14 year olds 
babysit I, all the time. Yeah, I've had. I, I mean, I remember when I was young, I had a babysitter that was probably about fourteen. Yeah. All right. All right. Then maybe, maybe that's maybe that's okay then. Um, and then the the mother says that his son, her son didn't go for any therapy after the accident, which you would probably blame the parents because the son can't say I'm not going. You know, fourteen year old kid. What 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 is he going to do? He has to go. But um, then she says he also shows no regret or remorse. Or feeling, um, yeah, no feeling about it at all and never apologized. Right. And then when he turned 18, he went to college and he never came home and, and pretty much cut them off, even though uh, they did go to the wedding of Jonathan. Which and I thought Chris. was interesting. They were cut off completely, and they, that's the one time they saw the family was during their yeah. wedding. I, I wouldn't have thought that he would have invited them at all. Right. Well, I thought that was a little strange. Not only yeah. that, but he also knew the son's name. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm still right. myself, if that's the case. Well, they know. knew about the murder. So maybe it was news over there. And, and then, you know, you just look on the Internet and you say he's has he's married with well, a son. Well, she talked to him. She she spoke like she knew about this. She, you know, right. talking about son might, you know, must be an old, you know, a, um, you know, a grown, you know, looking more and more like a grown man and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's it's not a, oh, yeah, I didn't know you had a son. It, I mean, they obviously knew that they had a son. So it's right. You know, because, I mean, I remember earlier when he, you know, when Jonathan was talking to the lawyer, he said, yeah, I don't talk to my parents. Right. Well, yeah. you know, you know, say bye. I, right, Paul I, Kidman well, might stay I, in touch with them. Well, I want to, I want to, which, but it appears she hadn't. So, except maybe she sent emails or something. But either, either way, the, yeah. I want to talk about this. So, so the one thing is, is he, it may have been true in that he is a sociopath. That doesn't necessarily mean he, he murdered uh, Eleanor, but he still could be a sociopath. The other thing is, is the mother and father were just assholes because. I mean, if they blamed him and they didn't send him to therapy and, and then maybe he just had a, a different way of of mourning or melancholy, then they're not, you know, because not everybody is the same way. Not everybody cries in balls or riot. Some people become um, going to, yeah, they become closed. They go into tunnel vision. Um, they become much different. So everybody's different. And if he looks at his parents and they're for the next four years blaming him for the murder, I mean, not the murder, the unfortunate uh, car death of their daughter, I see an 18 year old kid saying, I'm never talking to these effing people again. So it, it, you know, because he could look at them as like they're blaming me and they're not supporting me. Um, you know, and, and and whatnot. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, that could be a red herring too. But also, like you said, Kevin, you know, why would they have the grandma Nazi in there unless they were trying to make make us put place doubt on the grandmother, or or, or, or I should say, Jonathan's mother, because uh, that scene that's completely unnecessary, except to make her look bad yep. in the show. Yep. You know. Or not um, trustworthy, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, liable. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so I don't, I don't know if that really helps us much in trying to decipher who's the murderer. Um, because if he is a sociopath, okay, maybe he's more apt to frame his son or be a murderer, but that doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you would want to, you would frame your son or be a murderer. It just means that you're a sociopath, but it also could mean that he just hates his parents because they blame him for his, his, uh, sister's death, unfortunate passing. So it really, really just uh, gives us more questions than answers. That's the truth. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, now, what next scene or parts do we want to start talking about? Maybe we should talk about the trial. Sure, go ahead. Um, so I thought it was interesting that she um, kind of threw Grace under the bus, but then I guess I should have expected it too because she's going to just try and throw as much reasonable doubt out there as possible. Um, and well, the, the cop did a horrible job, I thought, on the stand. Oh, let me yeah. ask you this, let me ask you this uh, guys, uh, before we get into the cop. Um, do you think, because it wasn't shown any real prep, was, but do you think Grace was unaware that Jonathan's lawyer was going to... Um, try to muck by pointing the finger at both herself as well as um, uh, uh, Eleanor's husband. Because no, you I would th- think... I think she knew. Okay. All right. So she, was, she wasn't shocked. She was prepped, and, and the woman said, I'm going to do this because I want to make it look like the cops are incompetent because they didn't look into anybody else. Yes, but I, I would never have agreed to that if I were... Although she doesn't necessarily have to agree to it, but I mean, I wouldn't want to be considered a possible suspect, even to throw doubt on him, because the cops could charge someone else. Right. I mean, he could be found innocent and then they go after someone else and you're next in line because you were near the place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe because I mean, if he goes says, okay, well, okay, maybe he didn't do it. Well, there's his wife. He, you know, she had motive. Right. It's a good defense because, again, there's no real evidence that he murdered Eleanor, Jonathan. It's all circumstantial because the the, the semen, uh, his hair, samples, any, any, any DNA that they find on Elena or her, her uh, art studio really mean nothing because if he's been having an affair with the woman for over a year, which it appears he had his, his DNA would be all over the place anyway, similar to Eleanor's DNA, as well as her son's DNA, as well as her husband's DNA, as well as any uh, mail delivery or UPS or FedEx persons or Amazon person that comes into the door. So, or even any customer. So um, that DNA doesn't really help. Uh, the prosecution except to try to frame a uh, murderous, adultering bastard, basically. <laughs> well, they, they, can't, they can't even use the kid as an example because the kid was already born. It wasn't like that. He knew about it. And, right. you know, there was no reason yep. to kill her for that at that point, unless the husband right. was going to tell, tell Grace. <laughs> right. And even though the baby is, is, is still a baby, 
it's not like a newborn. You know, it, it's the baby's probably f- at least four months old, I would say, if not a little more. So we're we're not talking about um, five days old and he's shocked. He's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Um, and he knew she was pregnant the entire time as well. So, so a lot of that doesn't work. And then uh, him fleeing uh, the, the murder scene, um, I mean, like I stated earlier, um, if he has been having an affair and all the texts, all the emails, and, and in this case, all the DNA is going to be in the art studio, he's free, he freaks that he's going to yeah. be blamed for the murder. So the case really isn't that good. No, and, and really, when you come down to it, her dying couldn't have been worse for him. Because it got his wife found out about this affair, yep. and he already knew about the kid. His wife wouldn't have found out about the kid unless he did something really stupid, like killing Elena. Um, I mean, her dying did not help him at all. Right, it made his well, position way worse. And one little other, one little thing more about the what about the son is that the son knew about the affair before anybody, or, or, or he suspected. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, because I mean, he saw, you know, he saw his father with Elena and he probably, you know, he he put two and two together. And because, I mean, it's one thing, like if I saw my dad, like say, oh, hi, yeah, good to see you again. How have you been? Yeah, okay, good. You know, and I wouldn't say anything. But I mean, if he's going to be a lot, I mean, if you're seeing a, a couple that aren't married, but they're really close like that, especially like next, like almost like head to head type of thing. Then, yeah, you know, something's going on. And the kid, I probably think he knew, knew more than he was saying too. I yeah. think he saw stuff because yes, he's telling his mom that, but I think he, he's his father's son and he's really good at lying. Yeah. yeah but, but the thing is, is that my, my point is that's another little, uh, point towards the kid is because one he sees the affair he sees you know he probably figured out he probably somehow figured out that she's going to try to essentially ruin his family that he you know he doesn't you know he he values the family he wants them together so i mean that's just i don't know i'm i hate I'm not I'm not trying to say, oh, I hope the son's doing it. i hope the son did it but it just it just seems to be pointing more in his direction yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, again, that's you're right. I mean, if we're reading a mystery book, or in this case, a, a television show that's a mystery, he, he's looking very guilty. Though, if we look, we're in his perspective. Let's say we're the little boy, um, or, or the the tween. Um, yeah, he doesn't want his father and mother to break up. So when he has the big argument with them at the lunch. Or, or or at least tries to get them to stay together. That's that's what a tween would do. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. um, anything nefarious. And then um, for him to see his his father possibly, or at least he, he may have an affair. It's not like he ever went to the father. He said, "Hey, Dad, are you having an affair with that woman?" It's looking suspicious. He didn't say anything to his father, so he was just keeping it in, and he didn't tell his mother. So, um, obviously that is something that he, uh, didn't want to get out because again, he wants his parents to stay together. 
And then um, just a divorce is a traumatic experience to anybody, especially someone that is that old where, you know, it's not like, like he was like four years old and it happens. It would be when he's 12 or, or 13 or 11 or whatever age he is. And, and that, that could be devastating. And, and again, each, each individual is different. You know, some kids would go, well, it happens, you know, what are you going to do? Well, other kids would be shattered and heartbroken. So I don't know if any of that is a reason to think he's a murderer, but since this is a mystery TV show, it makes us at least have a be point to him anyway. Yeah. Yep. You know, so um, if it was real life, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily think he would be guilty. I would just think those acts that he did were just a kid trying to save his 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 home life and his and his parents to you know to be together because the moment they're split even if he gets off his father gets off and his parents are divorced his life changes dramatically going forward because he doesn't have his parents living together anymore and and any kid could could panic and freak out about that um so killing the the woman could actually also not help him too if we use the same logic you used earlier barrett with jonathan because now his father all the whole affair comes out because of the murder yeah but remember this is you know child child logic yeah (laughs) she's just an impediment and so he's seeing her as something to take care of well let me ask you you this with with the cliffhanger they have here it obviously makes us think maybe the son's partly guilty and again kevin you you kind of picked it up pretty early that maybe that was where they were going. Um, and kudos to you, but mm. is that now too convenient to give you the reveal at this moment? That's, well, that's how I felt about it. <laughs> so that's why it may be a, a, another red herring is what I'm thinking. Oh, this, this thing is full of them. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet anything. I mean, if I were a betting man, I wouldn't be betting anything. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh yeah, it could be Jonathan. Oh yeah, well it could be. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's that person. Maybe it's. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and I mean, I don't know. I don't think real life is like this. So I mean, it's just kind of hard. Of course, at the same time, like I said, I'm a big. Um, sherlock holmes fan so part of me is thinking okay now if i were sherlock holmes how would i view this you know but i can't think of anything right well that's that's the funny thing about all these type of mysteries even if it is a sherlock holmes um or encyclopedia brown for free youngsters um the thing is is that there's always a lot of red herrings and even the smartest person can decipher it and still be wrong because of the the red herring you know so right so it i i i can't i can't uh fault you for for being you know un you know confused or, or not a betting man when it comes to the show that's why innocent people get put in jail in real life <laughs> so well the yeah. thing is is that i mean stuff like this it's usually it's it Real life does not have this these many um, 
twists and turns. Okay. It's okay. There was an affair. All right. Um, you know, a woman is found dead. All right. Let's see what the DNA says. Well, one, I mean, at first it, it's kind of weird. Cause one of the things that first got into my mind was, you know, you didn't, uh, no, you didn't, they didn't, um, what was it? They didn't, uh, at first they said, well, she was unrecognizable, you know, and from that my, picture, she looked that way. Yeah, I know. So my <laughs> first thought was, so are you sure it's her? Right. Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah. I mean, that's always well, a possibility too. They, they must have done DNA, right? I mean, yeah, because obviously, based off of what we saw in the picture, and my my wife even went, "Oh my gosh," um, her they were, couldn't even do dental, right? So they could do fingerprints and they could do DNA, but any any facial recognition or dental recognition, forget about it because we're talking about the 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 head was was completely bludgeoned. Because that my first thought was, okay, well, if the husband said, oh, yeah, my it was my wife. It's like, well, how do you know? I mean, I mean, obviously, it's it was her dress, her apartment, you know, looked like her hair color. So, yeah, it was probably her. I mean. Right. And she's not. Yeah. It's gone. Right. She, I mean, it's not like she's come home so she's but i mean my my whole thought i mean because of all the twists and turns i'm wondering is this like some sort of elaborate scheme that jonathan hack you know made up with her that all right we'll uh because remember he had remember he got five hundred thousand dollars yep. supposedly from the father so okay let they found some woman that looks like her like you know the, so let's bludgeon her to death put her in the dress and then, you know, we'll leave out the back door and I'll meet you somewhere after all this trial is over. I mean, I'm sitting to think, but that's ridiculous. It seems ridiculous for sure. But there are cases in real life where people have killed someone and then put them in a burning car or something so that they could get the life insurance, which is also stupid. But people do stupid things like that, even in real life. So, yeah, yeah that that is true. But. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, if if we went that route, then th- this show is really going to extremes, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, and so far, it's been pretty. Even though five hundred half a million dollars has disappeared, it's been pretty um, straightforward mystery slash thriller rather than you know these big huge twist but you know i mean i mean we've seen them before with in some films like basic instinct and 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 things of that nature um no way out is another example but um they could possibly go there but i don't know i don't know yeah i mean because we're now talking about faking someone's death and it would be very dangerous to have yourself as the accused killer and have a plan to you know, get off, think you're going to get off. Cause that might not work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the results it's, of that are bad. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan's got to be smarter than that too. You know, I mean, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, when I get off then, uh, you know, then we'll, then we'll, then we'll run away together. I mean, now granted he's very, very arrogant, but he, he may be arrogant. He may be a sociopath, but he's not stupid. He might not be part of the plot, though, either, if she decided to do that. 
Right. So there's a lot of possibilities there if we start going that far out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they would have set it up a little earlier, I would think, because they would have said, he would have said, uh, they would have eventually came up to him, like, you know, what happened to the five, half million dollars? Because so far they haven't mentioned it since. And, you know, he would have said something like, well, I gave it to her and, and, and now she's dead and I don't know where the money went or something. You know, we, we don't have any of that. So um, if they do pull something like that, then you could argue that's a little bit to do X machina, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but you never know. It's possible, Kevin. I actually yeah. thought there would be a little bit of resolution in this episode, it being the penultimate episode. Like, of maybe one of the suspects, there's no way, or something, you know? I didn't think we'd be going into the final episode with totally no clue at all. Right. That, well, that somebody's innocent. Yeah, go on. One of the things I found interesting as, as we were talking about it was, you're talking about this is, like, okay, first we talked about the you know, it, it was his um, kind of going back to the whole thing with the with the sister. You know, when you said, yeah, but the thing is, he starts crying. You know, when he's talking about it, he starts crying when he talks about it. But then his mother said, oh, he, he showed absolutely no emotion whatsoever. It's faked, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And I'm sitting there because I'm also thinking this is also the same guy who remember, I mean, the, the one scene where he's alone in his, in the apartment and he calls her up, you know, and you know, he calls her up and he just starts talking to her like, okay, how's the son? And how's this, you know, I really, you know, I've got it, you know, we'll just, we'll just get old fat, you know, and I'll, I'll even wear a dress and we'll just kind of run away, get a garden and, you know, grow old together and join a book of the month club. We already did the book of month club and they kicked you out. Yeah. Well, that's because the book was terrible. Well, you never really had a, you know, didn't have a problem showing, you know, pieces. Was it something like you didn't never really had a problem, uh, you know, expressing your opinion? But the thing is, is that they were talking like almost like old times, like they were getting along again. And then she goes over. But the thing is, is that, that bothered me that she yeah, went over there. Are you out of your mind? But at the same time, I'm thinking, I mean, this was Hugh Grant. I mean. This was Hugh Grant, I think, because he, every, a lot of things I've seen him in, he talks like when he was on the phone. That was very classic Hugh Grant. The uh, I don't know how the humor, the the dry British humor, the um, upper class way of talking. You know, I mean, the way he was, it just very classic. I've seen him in a couple of things. I haven't seen him in many things, but I've seen Hugh Grant in a couple of things and all of them. He always has those parts. He's very, you know, and he, he I mean, he's good. He's good at what he does. So, I mean. Yeah, he, he doesn't play the cockney guy, right? He plays the the bourgeois right. guy, usually. He plays the, yeah, he. Plays Not a movie the, I saw last night called The Gentleman. <laughs> he was in that? He was in the movie The Gentleman and he plays uh, a kind of a similar oily role but he's more of the yeah not a not a bourgeois kind of guy <laughs> interesting i mean for example i'm thinking of uh love act was it love actually yeah love actually you know where he's uh he plays the british he plays the british prime minister yep you know and he and then i also remember him from nine months and he's kind of the same thing you know he's uh <laughs> It's still the the scene with Arnie's the 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 dinosaur still makes me still makes me crack up. But <laughs> yeah. 
but the whole thing is is that then there is uh try to remember one or one or the other things but um you know this guy i mean he he just has a very classy i mean a lot of the stuff i've seen him in he's very classy i mean he may not be or i saw i think first time i ever saw him was four weddings and a funeral i mean even though he wasn't a high class you know upper upper class man he still had that same personality i thought that was i you know just kind of interesting that you know when when he when he talked on the phone like that was the same guy that who was walking his son to school the same one who was talking to the kids in the hospital trying to cheer them up you know that that type of dry british humor that uh you know unfortunately we don't get much here and we we really don't do well here but um, but he was acting like nothing had happened <laughs> that was even more uh well disturbing I think, yeah. I think what he was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was almost like he was trying, if he was trying to, uh, well, that's just it. Is he, the thing is, is that I think he was manipulating her. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, Big I think manipulator, he may have been manipulating her when he talked about his sister because of the tears, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it, it's, the, the thing is, is that, no, I don't want the kid to do it. But at the same time, I really don't want Jonathan to do it, to be the be the be the guilty guy. But I don't know. Just because I, I kind of but I mean, you, you look at him and it's obvious that this man is a he's a manipulator and you don't really see that for the first couple couple episodes and then first three or two or three episodes but then after a while it's like yeah okay this guy's a really good manipulator yeah it's it's um i mean well first of all why didn't he ever talk to his uh wife about the death of the four-year-old right yeah um again though you can say that it's something that you don't want to ever think about again right and it's just yeah, he it's cut a, his whole family off for it. Yeah, right? eats his yeah yeah eats his soul. So, but still, you know, you think you would eventually bring it up unless he's. But again, you know, something like that can damage a person. So, assuming he's not a sociopath, something like that can can damage a, a human being their entire life. You know, that guilt is going to go follow him forever, especially if his parents blamed him you know and and they basically she the grand, the mother actually said yeah we blame him you should be feel guilty and again we don't know that year that she claims that he didn't show any remorse or whatever and again we've discussed that people um deal with things much differently based off of the individual they are so well, he might I, never have felt loved by them, and so then now he's he became a cheater because he's looking for that love everywhere, and he just he can't find it because he never got it from his mom or whatever, you know. Right. Well, and and you know, I mean, they said the the doctor uh, that he worked with Rosenstead said that um, he adored the love that he got from the people he helped yep. more than uh just wanting to help the people and if if you feel that you've never had love your entire life um yeah i mean that that that's that's obviously a behavioral health issue that has been following him 
his entire life. And maybe he isn't a narcissist. Maybe he isn't a sociopath. Maybe he, and Rosenstead made it, you know, looked at it wrongly. Maybe it's, yeah, he's, he's looking for, for love and you know, all the wrong ways. Yeah. So that, that's a fair point. Barrett. Um, you know, obviously most of this stuff is going to be answered next week, but again, we're here to try to make some Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson stuff. Well, I hope something's answered. I hope it's not like when we talked in the first episode, maybe they're never going to answer anything. And it's just going to go to be them, you know, (laughs) moving on trial ends. He's found innocent and nothing happens. Yeah. Well, well, we, we did get one answer, a big answer this week. And it happened in basically the first scene, which is, um, Mr. Asshole principal, um, Oh yeah. Back back down and, and didn't want, uh, Donald Sutherland to be this cocksucker that he claimed he was going to be. They threw the kid out of the school. So, uh, it appears that that isn't going to happen. He, he's going to still be able to attend the, 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 the high school, well, the private school. The private school. It's not a high yeah. school. The private school without being uh, worrying about being evicted. Um, now, let me ask you this: um, based off of what we saw in this episode, do we still believe uh, Jonathan's son was was not trying to throw a dig at the principal when he said, "I follow the, the five C's," a courtesy companionship, you know, whatever they were. Uh, I still I do not think that it was a dig. I think that he was really saying the mantra of the school and that, you know, he, he had been taught it and he believed it. He was trying to show it. Okay. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it was a dig. I think he was just, just well i mean may have been like a slight dig but as more hey you know i really am trying to what you call it um what was it you know i mean he he really was trying to be polite but at the same time um you know it was it was a little bit of a dig i think right right yeah um now, uh, all right. Well, with that, uh, where else do we want to get to discussing? Uh, what p- other parts uh, or items or suggestions or guesses, theories? One thing. I, one thing I did find a little um, not surprising, but it was it was interesting. They put it in there is when they were at the at the shoreline that the. Grace and Jonathan, all of a sudden these people recognize them and they wanted a selfie with them. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because they, they brought attention to themselves because this is the actually at the very beginning of the episode two. Um, I think it's the scene right after the scene with the principal. Um, Jonathan asked why she was walking in at yeah. night. The art studio, and then they just start to be arguing, and and obviously they draw attention because they're arguing in public, and that's when people say, "Oh my God, hey, you're Jonathan Fraser." Okay, get some. Let me get some pictures. And he was pretty heavily throwing shade at her, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got to say that they they did it well, though, because the mm-hmm. next 
like 15 minutes of the episode, they were hating each other still. And because, you know, there's the scene where in the, in the um, lawyer's office where she says, pretend that you're in love and all this other stuff. And they're fighting and arguing and all that. Uh, what did you guys think of um, Grace going back to her old home where Jonathan's staying and and get back together with him for that one night? I did not like that at all. Not Especially smart. after she told her dad that she do I look stupid? How stupid am I? Yeah, you're obviously very stupid. <laughs> but at the same time, though, I mean, you, you remember the whole story with the mother is like, he, you know, she always took him back, and then she, you know, and then he would do he would do it again. Right, and after that story, she should be even more leery yeah. of him. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, but remember, this is this is Jonathan who talked to her kind of like old times, made her feel like it was old times. And, you know, maybe she just got him. Maybe he got her on a weak moment or something, but he um, he definitely did it. I mean, there's no doubt about it that he manipulated her to, to, you know, come back, at least for that night. But the thing is, excuse me, the thing is, is that, um, you know, the next day they acted like it never happened. Right. Well, I, like I said, I just feel like it was it made her look like a weaker character, and I, I felt like she was a stronger character. So well, I don't. I, let me ask you this then, Barrett. What do you think if she just wanted a a whoopee call? Would that be weird? With someone that might have killed a woman that is cheating on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, 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 so it is. It, it is. Well, let me rephrase. It is the same guy. That she's known for probably at least ten years, if not longer. She's been sleeping with him for the past ten years, if not longer. And based off of episode one, when you know they he jumped in the shower with with her, their uh, the sex was was, was good, uh, and they had a sex drive. They weren't they weren't otherwise. So you know it, it, they probably haven't been together that way for over a month or you know and, and if she's having a drive and it's someone that she knows well enough and, and is, he's good enough in the sack why not it didn't feel like that it felt like a more of a tender moment when they showed it when they showed the scene excellent point yeah and that was very bizarre because it showed her but again you know you tell that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, why else is she helping this guy unless she really hopes and wants life to go back to prior, even if right cheated on her? You know, maybe maybe she's her happiness in that marriage with him prior to all finding all these horrible things out, even if he didn't kill her, the Eleanor, just to find out the the fear and, and the baby and whatnot. Um, she's maybe willing to overlook it all to get all that back. Well, and the lawyer basically says that, doesn't she? At one point where she's like, you rich people try and hide all this stuff so that you can, you know, your lives don't change or whatever, you know, was it the, the, the lawyer that said that? Oh, the female, the female lawyer says it at one point to them. One of them. Jonathan's lawyer. Yeah. Jonathan's lawyer says that. Which is kind of, which is kind of mm-hmm. odd because she's because she's probably as filthy rich as, as as they are. So it's like, why is she, 
you know, look in the mirror, lady. Yeah, uh, exactly. But again, you know, there's two types of money, right? There's new money and there's there's old money, and and maybe she's referring to old money. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she maybe new money. Who knows? What else do we want to discuss? Any other theories? Any other scenes that we, that we missed that you wanted to discuss? Anyone? Okay. Did did she? Ha- I mean, did uh, Elena? Well, first of all, the the husband refused to acknowledge that Elena had other um, other love interests. Like there were other there were well, other. I keep on saying Eleanor, but you're right. It's Elena. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. I mean, because I mean, it, I mean, it looked like the husband didn't want to admit that this wasn't the first time Elena cheated because of his reaction, because he kept on it's like, no, 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 there was nobody else. But they're like, how do you know? And he's just, he can't answer that. And I, it, it seems like there was somebody else and he just doesn't want to admit it. Well, well that's I, an excellent point. Oh, go on, Barrett. I was going to say, I like that they brought up that he could have gone out while the kid was sleeping. Cause I had talked about that earlier in our, yeah, yeah. Actually, earlier. actually, we haven't really talked about the the trial scene that much, except for a passing earlier. So yeah, let's talk about all these scenes. So, so yeah, there's, there's a couple of things that you you brought one up, Barrett, and Kevin brought one up too. Um, so one one of the ones that that we could focus on first is so the Muck lawyer. She says, why would she have her own studio? Um, do you know that she was using it for basically a meeting and cheating place? Basically, um, basically uh, kind of admitted that she stayed over there rather than going home some nights um, and on and on. You know, what, how, why wouldn't you not think she was having an affair or maybe multiple affairs? And so that that puts that that was a great point. And then um, the one that you just brought up, Barrett, too. Which is uh, what was that again? Say that again. he could have left the house while the son was sleeping. The son is his alibi, but the son was sleeping. Right, and and so that again shows the incompetence of the cops because the, so the buck lawyer is really trying to is really mucking it up. Which is you know the police you're just focusing on one person. Why didn't you look into uh, Grace? Because you obviously had this footage of her near the the murder scene at this time and you didn't look into her and you don't look into the husband when you know this you know he could have easily done it and so on and so forth and then you're just looking at the easy person to blame because there's a you know a a foot stain uh blood you know his footprint is in blood and yeah that's that's a really good point so so she's really mucking it up and the case and then she brings up interesting I was going to say, she brings up that, um, That's still, well, that's when it. she brings up the grace part, the cop has no good answer for that either. Right. Yeah. Which I found interesting. <laughs> right. And, and that was her point is, is like, why didn't you look at all suspects? Why did you just look at the one? And he goes, well, uh, because we, we found a blood footprint or something. And go, yeah. But you know, his alibi, his story, could be true. The DNA means nothing because he's been sleeping over there, you know, weekly. Um, them having finding semen in the woman, you know, the, uh, the night of doesn't necessarily mean anything because they could have had sex earlier and then she still could have got killed by someone else and so on and so forth. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, and so that that literally just kind of destroys the cops and their stupidity, um, because they yeah they were just focused on on the one one person without truly ruling out anybody else. So that's a good point. Also, um, the Muck lawyer brought up the mental health of both Elena as well as uh, her husband, uh, Fernando. Um, and it appears that um, both of them may have had some um, behavioral health issues. Now, that doesn't mean they are behavioral, you know, mentally ill folk it, it just means that they've gone to for therapy or psychiatry or therapist or whatever um but the mucking it up puts doubt on say elena because now she could be someone that you know not just this innocent person or she could have been having sex with other folk and, and there was another lover that killed her. Or it could have been the jealous husband. And then, of course, the jealous husband, he showed a lot of anger on the stand, which makes sense, but it doesn't look good. And then when he um, wouldn't answer the question about mental health, about himself and his wife, it obviously answers the question because everybody knows that it means if you're not going to answer the question, especially on the stand, that means it, it, most certainly you, you've had mental health issues. So the lawyer is doing good, but what, what do you guys think of those? Those are the three big things, right? The cops didn't look into everybody. Um, the husband and the one, the, the, his wife have, may have some sort of mental health issues. Again, we don't know what that means, but it, it mucks up the case. And then the, the third item, which was the one that you brought up earlier, Kevin, um, and what one was that again? The lawyer really knows her stuff, and she just, she was able to at least put, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about reasonable doubt, she established reasonable doubt fairly well right there because of putting the not even pointing the blame on because she said, you know, I never blamed you, but I just said you're, you could, why didn't the cops, you know, she, she poked enough holes in the, in the police officer's investigation says, look, she was there. Did you, you know, did you consider her a suspect? Well, how about this? Did you Mirandize her? Well, yeah, no. I like that question. You know, did you Mirandize her? It's like, well, no, not really. So, I mean, then, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, it, it's so essentially the, the the police officer didn't seem like he really knew what he was. The problem is, is that I hate to think that, you know, the police officer didn't know what they were doing, but it's just it could have been that they were, you know, sometimes they just want to get the guilty char- the the guilty. Um, they want to find the guilty person. I mean, no, I'm sorry, that, that didn't come out right. They they wanted to find somebody that, to be able to stick charges to whether or not they're truly guilty or not. Right, right. And, and, and that actually does happen a lot, unfortunately, um, in, in the real world. Yeah, prosecutors are trying to, you know, keep their job or show that they do a lot of convictions and 
police are trying to show that they get a lot of um, catch a lot of criminals. I mean, it's just part of the system. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of prosecutors now, as we we know, are are political hacks. You know, they, they prosecute who they want to prosecute, and they let go people or, or don't want to prosecute cases because they like a person or they just you know for whatever political reasons. So yeah, it, it's all dirty stuff. And and um, if if I was the chief of police after the the stupidity of the cops. Uh, especially the lead investigator, which was uh, whatever that guy's name is, uh, uh, Mendoza. Um, so I would, I would, uh, yeah, uh, reprimand and and possibly even suspend uh, because, yeah, that, I mean, to not cover your base, even if it's half-assed, just to say, yeah, yeah, we uh, looked into this person and then we looked, ruled out him, and then we looked into this person, and we ruled out him, but this is the person we we finally decided because. They haven't been ruled out for whatever reason, and they didn't do any of that. So this is this is really bad police work. This is like horrendous, especially if Jonathan is in a, is guilty. If he's if he's guilty, actually, either way, if he's guilty and he gets off, they should all be fired. And if he's innocent and they brought charges against him without looking at anybody else. They should be fired. So either way, I, th- I think these cops are, are, are well. Terrible. And the prosecutor should know what he's going to say on the stand. <laughs> so the prosecutor is just as much at fault for this as, yeah. as he is, because the prosecutor should have been saying, "Hey, there's these other suspects. Have you done all this before they right. took that to court?" Actually, that's true. That that is a it's competent prosecutor too, because they would have said wouldn't even brought it to court. If yeah. they they saw that stuff, they would have said no. We can't bring this to court because because this this is faulty police work. Dude. Because there's other suspects and none of them were looked into. So unless the prosecutor is an elected official, official, um, which could under, make sense that they would be incompetent because you know technically anybody can run as a. Uh, a district attorney for that office, if that's if it's one of those. But I don't know if they're appointed. If they're appointed, and they're in that position, unless it's a a um, political appointee appointment, you know, for a favor or whatever, then this prosecutor is an idiot as well. So you're you're absolutely right, Barrett. Uh, the, the the whole the whole state case, and and they summed it up early because when when, uh, Jonathan's lawyer said at the beginning, I can pull calls into state cases in almost all cases because they always screw it up. They always do. Yeah. Yeah. This one, they screwed up even before they went to the, went to trial. Yep. So now, yeah, so Kevin, do you think uh, even even whether Jonathan's the, the murderer or not, based off of what we saw in this episode, do you think he's going to get off? Um, it depends on what they find with the hammer. If they find his prints on it, if they even find the hammer. Well, no, they've got a tur- they've got a turnover. Well, I mean, you, you we see in the pre- well, about to say we see in the previews, and you see the lawyer say, "Oh yeah, we have to present this," but that could be just misleading because. Um, you know, do they, is she talking about the hammer? You know, um, like I said, the thing is, is that 
if if his prints are not on that hammer, he could easily get off because they poked enough holes. Like like I said earlier, they poked enough holes in the police case, in the police investigation to show that there were other people there. There there are people who had motive. There are people who have gotten into that who have could have gotten into that building without the cameras on them. Um, you know, for somebody else to get in there. Um, I mean, right now, the way things are going, Jonathan can can get off. Right. Well, your 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 opinion, Barrett. The the prosecution's case is not looking good, but it's not done. <laughs> so we don't know what else they're going to come up with at this point. Um, if if I were a jurist at this point, he would not be guilty. For right. lack of evidence and and other possibilities of people that might have done it. Right, right, right. Yeah, because because that's the point, right? I mean, for folks who are listening to this podcast from other countries, because we do have listeners from other countries such as uh, the UK, Ireland, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and, and various other nations, including Finland too, I think. But um, what we do know here, or what, what folks should know about here, is that a reasonable doubt is all you need to get a non-conviction, even if you're guilty, um, or, or kind of is obvious that you're guilty. A reasonable doubt is all that matters. Um, and assuming the jurors are not politically motivated themselves, such as maybe in, in like the O.J. Simpson trial, where there, there was probably some uh, behind-the-scenes politics going with the jury, uh, most people would... Uh, have to say not guilty because of the sub, uh, circumstantial evidence pointing to Jonathan, never mind the fact that um, there are other suspects that could have done it um, and, and the police just haven't presented that to us. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Barrett. Um, Let's see. So, uh, what other things do we want to talk about? Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about the met, the behavioral health issues of uh, what Elena and uh, her husband uh, Fernando may or may not have had. Um, do you think they are unhinged people, uh, as as Jonathan has kind of alluded to, at least about Elena? Or do you think these are just more red herrings and may not even be behavioral health issues and just the common therapy that some people nowadays do similar to uh, just going to the dentist? Well, I mean, behavioral health therapy could have just been, I mean, hey, my son has cancer. He's in the hospital. He could die. Yeah, I I, I mean, I can understand why somebody may want to see a professional uh, therapist. Now, yep. granted, yep. if that was the case, though, why didn't the husband say that? Right. I mean that. I mean the problem is, is that I'm coming up with these answers, but then I'm immediately saying, "Yeah, but that's not a good answer." Um. So I mean, you see, I mean, when Elena was alive you saw areas where she was obviously upset about stuff 
she was obviously I wouldn't say she was obviously disturbed, but there were things that she was doing that was disturbing, you know, um, like her uh, definitely getting into Nicole Kidman's uh, personal space, um, things like that. And even Nicole Kidman even offered to to talk to her, you know, not as a therapist, but kind of as a friend slash therapist, um, you know, trying to be kind to her, really wanting to help. You know, and uh, I mean, it just seemed obvious that she, you know, professional help probably would not have gone amiss. Wouldn't have been a bad idea. Um, that, that's just my opinion. I mean, it's obvious she she had baggage, and but we don't exactly know what that bag. Well, apart from the affair with Hugh Grant's care uh, with Jonathan, uh, we don't really know what the other. Uh, baggage is you know was it a previous affair is i mean let, let, let me ask you this i mean do you think the the first son is actually his um i mean probably but i mean also another good question too to ask about that that whole family besides um what you just asked kevin is do you think he was meaning the the, the husband fernando abusive either uh, physically or mentally, too. To I've wondered that as well. That scene where she's in the bed crying just makes me question their relationship a bit. Yeah, yeah. right. That was episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he definitely wasn't in bed with her after that. You know, I mean, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's an interesting situation because, again, you remember earlier I said maybe this isn't really going to be a mystery. And I've, I've, and it, I mean, it's a mystery, but but it wasn't going to be the main focus. The main focus was going to be the class system, where what mm-hmm. you know, Jonathan's lawyer said, which is you wealthy people try to hide everything so you can keep this lifestyle that you have. You know, even though you know, look in the mirror, woman. But um, maybe they're going to go that way too near the end of the show. So they're going to still have the big mystery and the thriller, but maybe they are going to show the class thing too, where, you know, maybe they'll cover up the, the murder if they do think it's the son, or maybe Jonathan will get out and, and then admit later that I did it. Or then maybe Nicole Kidman will, will see something at the end where we know it's her or, or, you know, on and on, because we're going to assume next, next episode, Sylvia is going to be outed as having an affair with, with Jonathan. So all these dirty laundry that wealthy people have, even though technically you don't have to be wealthy to have all those, that type of dirty laundry, because all that dirty, you know, you're just <laughs> regular people uh, have that dirty laundry. Um, but they could go that route um, and try to paint the, the elves as folk as victims, even though I don't know if you can, because, you know, if, if she was had a willing and a fear and got pregnant and had a child and she's married to someone else, Elena isn't necessarily a victim of class warfare or class struggle, except that Jonathan could have been using her because here's this real hot woman that I can sack and then 
you know, I I just go home to my my real world. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they're going to go with that. I mean, or maybe maybe the show is not even going to be class warfare at all. And and I was just wrong. Well, I mean, they still had. Uh, you, we still saw news clips of people commentating on the whole thing about how it is all class and rich and all that. You know, um, I think that's when. I mean, so I I can't remember if that's what if that that was this what with the son was watching before the principal said hi, or there was another time where, you know, I mean, the the son's just watching all this this stuff on on his on his phone all the time, you know, and he had like a couple of things. They were oh, or was it the father? Um, no, it was the father that was watching it. That was it. He was kind of flipping through different channels and you, you different people are talking about, uh, you know, rich, rich privilege and white privilege and all that sort of thing. And, you know, I think she, um, I, you know, uh, Grace came in and told them to, to stop, you know, to turn that off. And he's just kind of like, uh, it's the entertainment for today or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, there's always that commentary. Right. Right. And, you know, the beginning they did show, you know, the auction and they were showing a lot of privilege and all that. So even if the show isn't truly going to end that way, where they're going to have the elves as victims or elves as, as victims, um, they at least had it as a part of the, the theme. So that's, yeah, that's a fair point, Kevin. So what do you think, Barrett? I'm not sure. <laughs> I have no idea what, where they're going to go in the next episode. They've thrown so many, so many things around. I just don't know what's going to happen, and I'm not sure what I think at this point. All right, so let's see. What else uh, do we want to discuss? Anything else, anyone? Or, or are we good? Um, we've discussed quite a bit of it. Uh, there was a lot less. Um, I don't know. There was a lot less to talk about because it was very straightforward court court case you know what i mean for most of the episode so while there was a lot going on it, you know that there's that took up the majority of the episode so there's just a little bit less to talk about right right all right sounds good uh what about you kevin anything else you want to bring up or no i'm i'm pretty much done yeah yeah all right sounds good all right so uh, um Next week's episode, which is the finale of uh, the season and probably the show, uh, is called The Bloody Truth. So um, that's an interesting title because um, of the two words, not including the the, the word the, uh, bloody and truth um, combined could have double meaning. Uh, but bloody obviously is trying to make uh you know a pound of fist on the table truth you know as as to really focus but it also could mean actual blood you know murder and and death so um it'll be curious to see if the bloody truth is more symbolic or straight on uh, or or maybe both um and that's going to be the 29th this is probably the first episode I'm actually not looking forward to seeing because um, that means it'll be after my vacation and I have to work the next day. And I'm sure you'll feel the same way, Barrett. Yep. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Um, so uh, I guess we'll give our final thoughts now on this episode. So I guess I'll start. Um, yeah, it was a pretty solid episode. Um, the the, the uh, cliffhanger was was pretty shocking, even if uh, Kevin had, had mentioned it earlier. Again, kudos to you, Kevin, that it was a possibility. But the reveal was was pretty pretty uh, much of a punch in the stomach. Um, but again, I, I think it still could be a red herring. Um, but uh, all in all, uh, yeah, a strong uh, episode. Um, I, I like how they're showing the incompetence of uh, the police. And then, uh, as you said, Barrett, the incompetence of the prosecution, prosecuting office or the DA's office as well. Uh, and that, I didn't think of that, but you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's still pretty well based in the real world. Uh, there's not any of these, you know, fake a death or anything like that yet. Uh, hopefully they don't, won't go that way. Uh, but yeah, so far, uh, um, this episode, uh, I, I don't think I'm as negative on it as, as Barrett was, but, uh, it's, uh, I felt it was really good. Um, let's go with you, Kevin. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. I just, I, I want to know who did it. And I'd just like to see um, how many how, how many of our theories uh, actually had um, any sort of reliab- reliability to it, any sort of substance behind it, or um, you know, were any of it was any of it actually true? You know. All right. All right, so um, Barrett, what about your final thoughts? Um, I liked the episode. Like I said, I just was a little more critical of it just because it felt a little more procedural, um, lining up the pins to knock over. But it still was leaps and bounds above most other episodes of any other show. So it was really good. The acting, of course, was awesome like usual um we didn't get enough donald sutherland though <laughs> did we get any donald sutherland in this episode not much aside from barely going into the courtroom yeah so i kind of missed that but you know it's just uh it was a good episode i enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to finding out who did it next week <laughs> yeah all right sounds good so uh um, once again, uh, we'll be back next week, uh, probably the, the regular time, which would be Wednesday, uh, December 2nd is when we're going to record and we'll have the episode, our season and series finale, a discussion on Wednesday, the second we record and it'll be released, uh, December 3rd, Thursday. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, again, get any emails in to us. Uh, we'll definitely read them, uh, so please do. And I guess with all that stated, uh, Bart, we'll leave this out. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we look forward to you listening to our next episode where we review the very final episode of The Undoing on the podcast The Undoing, a Therapy Session. <laughs>